Are you working? What kind of work do you do? You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik. Giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy. My name is Aaron Karolnik, and what a program we have lined up for you this evening. It's week four in the NFL. So many quality games to get to and so many big numbers to discuss. Some big-time point spreads. More than a touchdown in many instances, and some huge over-under totals, historically huge over-under totals, all that and much more throughout the next hour of the program. And of course, tonight, it's Game 2 of the NBA Finals, and let's just say the NBA Finals has lost a little bit of its luster considering the injury concerns with the Miami Heat, of course. Bam Adebayo out tonight, Goran Dragic out tonight. Those are the two key perform two of the key performers for the Miami Heat who will not be in the lineup. And as such, the gambling line has shifted in favor of LA even more than we thought. And it's been a tough week in the gambling world for yours truly. If you listen to Tuesday's show, you know that my two big picks in the Major League Baseball playoffs were the Cincinnati Reds and the Cleveland Indians. And they have since departed from the playoffs very quickly. And I had a sprinkle on the Miami Heat to beat the Lakers in the NBA Finals. That's not going well. And the pound-the-table picks of the week, which is coming to you in about 45 minutes' time when Al's brother and the grappler join me, went 1-1, one and one, which is fine, but a very bad beat. The L.A. Rams beating the Buffalo Bills, or not beating the Buffalo Bills, kind of choking it away at the end, and Buffalo winning and covering the number but we will get back at it when those two gentlemen join me later tonight on the subject of one of those gentlemen of course we're talking about al's brother who you heard on overdrive earlier make his pick al al's brother i guess you're on the bills again to cover you're riding with bills mafia and your appearance on overdrive spectacular as always let's welcome you in now what's up my man how are you Doing well, yeah. I'm definitely feeling the Bills. They're playing probably about as well as I've, they've ever played in my lifetime. So I'm just going to roll with them while I can. I mean, it makes sense. Well, they have a good thing coming. You may as well keep it going. And as far as the Thursday nighter went last night, if you back the New York Jets, you're probably regretting it. Well, you're definitely regretting it. They are a terrible football team. No one has any idea what Adam Gase is doing. And Al's brother, I heard your commentary on the wheel route with Frank Gore inexplicable to say the least and a great tweet i saw this evening the new york jets they are 750 to one to win the super bowl meaning if you bet a hundred dollars on that you would lose one one hundred dollars all right house brother let's get to it let's find out what happened and what it means at 9 p.m. tonight, it is Game 2 of the NBA Finals. No Dragic, no Adebayo for the Heat, both listed as doubtful, but they are absolutely out for this evening. Of course, Adebayo leads the team in rebounds, assists, blocks. He's third in scoring. Dragic has 10 20-point games through the playoffs, and the Lakers, they were four-and-a-half-point favorites in Game 1 with those two in the lineup. In Game 2 without them, they are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. So you can hear the game on TSN 1050, and you might want to listen to the first half because that game could end rather quickly. Get this. The L.A. Lakers, they entered the NBA Finals as the minus-400 favorite to win the series. That number now is minus-10,000 to win the series. And for the uninitiated, 
If you bet $100 on the Lakers to win the title today, you would win $1. $1 doesn't seem like the best investment, but perhaps Miami is indeed finished almost before it starts. And Miami, if you're so inclined to believe in miracles, they are plus 900 to win the series. Before we get to the Week 4 gambling slate, and there are a number of games we're going to get to with our guest this evening. The big, the big E, Eric Cohen, makes his debut here on The Edge, uh, one of the primary contributors for TSN Edge uh, on the web and via the digital content. He puts out some great stuff each week. Looking forward to having him join us. And we'll also have Don Padula, the overlord of the edge he is the lead producer and he controls all the content that comes out uh, those two join me in just a matter of moments but some in out or iffy as far as your fantasy ownership goes because there's a ton of injuries mostly with wide receivers and the fantasy slate i want to start with Devonte adams who's in for the packers he missed last week debo samuel makes his season debut for the niners and george kittle will be back for the niners as well so those are some welcome returns for those teams uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, on the other hand, for the Niners, and Raheem Mostert will be out. Michael Thomas, contrary to my pro-line best bets from the morning, where I said that Michael Thomas would be in for the Saints, he is not ready to go. He turned in a couple of limited practices, but did not progress to be game-ready, and Deshaun Jackson of the Eagles are, is out as well. And I think most of the Eagles' wide receiver core is out. So you look at the San Fran uh, San Fran, San Fran, Philadelphia Sunday Nighter. There are so many injuries, and we'll get into that throughout the course uh, of the program. The Big E, Eric Cohen, he's going to join me next here on the Edge live on TSN 1050. <laughs> Back here on the edge, TSN 1050. We're streaming online, tsn1050.ca. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Of course, we go up after every Tuesday and Friday evening after our show has concluded. Our next guest, and let me tell you, I've been working around the people for, with TSN for a long time, and there is one man whose name is held in high regard at all times, especially when the world of gambling is concerned. You see his work on TSN Edge. You go to tsn.ca slash edge. His market insights column is Can't Miss Weekly. His name is The Big E. He's Eric Cohen, and he joins me here on TSN 1050. What's up, man? How are you? What an introduction. Thanks so much, Aaron. Much appreciated. Oh, it is my pleasure. We appreciate your time, man. I know one of your primary focuses on your column, I guess your video column this week, was about the over-unders in the NFL. And after last night, the overs are now 30-19. and 19. This week, seven games have totals in the 50s. That is the most in a single week over the past 35 seasons. I need to ask you, Eric, you're the man to ask, why is this happening? Well, it's crazy. Scoring's up over five points per game from where it was last year. And, I mean, last night they had the audacity to put out a 40 for that Jets-Broncos game. And, I mean, that, that was, like, over by halftime. So you're right. These, these numbers, uh, this week, I think there's eight games in the 50s. It's crazy. We haven't seen it before, as you said. And there's a lot of reasons, I guess, you can maybe speculate as to why it's happening. The first big one to me is that the offensive holding isn't being called. That's a, that's a penalty we've seen called so often in the past, and generally that penalty takes away a big passing play, right? You'll get a 45-yard, 50-yard passing play. Oh, coming back on a hold. 
That penalty hasn't been called this year. Now, there's a conspiracy theory out there. Is, is the NFL being told not to call that because they want scoring up, because they want the interest uh, with, with COVID and everything else going on? They want to make sure everyone's watching and everyone is really into these games. Who knows? But that's, that's a big reason. Maybe no crowd noise. That's certainly uh, not hurting any offenses, right? Normally, if you play a game in Seattle or... Uh, you know, Baltimore, KC, you're, and you're the visiting team. You're not hearing anything. Uh, that's not, not that's not the case anymore. So I think those two things are big factors. Uh, but certainly, scoring is up big time. And you know, it's funny because without training camp, a lot of the talk was that maybe. Um, you know, the, the defenses would be ahead of the offenses because they haven't been able to scrimmage. And that's not been the case at all. The offense seems to be way ahead of what we're seeing defensively right now. He's Eric Cohen. He joins us here on The Edge, live on TSN 1050. I want to start with a game with a very high over-under, Eric. Of course, the Dallas Cowboys and the Cleveland Browns. The over-under is, on, is 56, but I want to focus on the point spread. It is four and a half points in favor of the Cowboys. And I'm on the Cowboys, man. I'm not sure if I'm crazy, but I watched a lot of that Cleveland-Washington game last week. And the Washington football team, I've got to be careful to get that right, was in that game until the very end. You talked about a five-turnover differential between those two teams, a little bit of luck involved. Do you think the Cowboys can cover that number this week? Dallas is one of my favorite plays, and it's all about... You know, that division, that division is a train wreck. The entire NFC East through two weeks has covered, sorry, through three weeks has covered two games. And one of them was because Washington played Philadelphia, so one of those two teams had to cover in week one. Uh, but Dallas has not covered a spread. Philadelphia has not covered a spread. Uh, therefore, you're getting Dallas at a bargain price here. Normally, you would never get the Cowboys laying four or four and a half in this spot. It'd be at least a touchdown. But because of what's happened with them, and, uh, you know, they were lucky to beat Atlanta, but the other two losses, they lost to a very good Rams team on the road and, and a controversial call on the Gallup offensive pass interference call on, on Ramsey and the other one last week, they were beating Seattle with two minutes left uh, the Seahawks had a great drive, got a touchdown and a two point conversion to cover the five and a half, but no, Dallas is a lot better than what we've seen, they're better than one and two, uh, the division may be a laughing stock, but they're by far the best team and really the only good team in that division I think they cover four and a half and don't forget, two, the two wins Cleveland has, you mentioned the Washington win. The other one was a home win against Cincinnati on primetime in Joe Burrow's second career start where uh, the game came down to the wire, too. So the Browns have not exactly, the one time they played a good team was Baltimore week one. They got their butts kicked. So I yep. like the Cowboys this week. All right, I'm writing that down for my pound-the-table picks of the week when uh, we convene with Al's brother and the grappler a little bit later in the program. I want to shift to another game that I think is going to be must-see TV. It's the New England Patriots as seven-point underdogs in Kansas City to face the Chiefs. This is the third time in 15 years the Patriots have been underdogs of seven points or more. What do you make of this matchup, Big E? Well, the last time that happened, you referenced it, was uh, when Brady was suspended uh, for the deflate gate the first four games of that year, and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback, and the Patriots were a nine-point underdog on the road at Arizona. The Patriots won that game. Um, obviously, it really has nothing to do with what's going to happen on Sunday, but this this telling you how, how often the Patriots are this big a dog, and it's never. Uh, I, I Listen, I mean, recency bias, you, you just watch Kansas City 
pretty much lay a beat down on the road in Baltimore. So is this going to be a letdown spot? It's hard to have a letdown against New England, especially considered, you know, New England was the team that beat KC a couple years ago in the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead. Then last year, you know, the the, the Chiefs returned the favor, beat the Patriots at Foxborough. But uh, I, this is a really tough game. I think the Chiefs win, but I would be in no hurry to lay seven against New England. They just find a way. Cam Newton's been... Uh, a lot better than than what I thought he would be, to be honest with you. I, I thought the primetime game against Seattle, he was outstanding. Uh, and against the Raiders, you know, they ran the ball down Vegas' throat last week. So I, I think KC wins, but I, I would certainly not lay seven against this Patriots team. Eric, you know when you have a buddy who's a huge fan of a team and he's really obnoxious about their success? That is exactly what I encounter every morning with Carlo Koliakovo, who just <laughs> loves the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. All he talks about, oh, Josh Allen, he's better than John Elway, man. I'm telling you, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And I feel I'm almost naturally predisposed to want to bet against the Bills. But this week, they're in Las Vegas to play the Raiders Going east to west, I feel an inclination, and it might not mean by my predisposition to hate the Bills, that maybe the Raiders as the home dog might be the play. Where's your stance on this one? Well, I'm a Bills fan, too, and I, I, oh. I believe uh, <laughs> what you're saying, to be honest with you. I, I think it's okay. a tough game for Buffalo. Uh, you know, listen, the one time Vegas played at home, they, they beat the Saints outright as a four-point home dog. I think that's going to be a tough place to play. Vegas uh, was in the game against New England until the end of the second quarter, so the score was a little misleading. They, the, the Patriots really blew it open in the second half. I, I think Vegas is pretty good from what I've seen this year. They beat a Carolina team that's a lot better than I thought they were week one on the road. Uh, they beat the Saints, as mentioned, and then uh, you know a tough game for them having to go, as you say, west to east and play a 1 o'clock game against the Patriots last week. Now the Bills are doing that, even though the game obviously is, is at you know 420 Eastern time, one o'clock there to Pacific time. Uh, I do feel like there is some value. If you can get three and a half with Vegas, and I have seen some three and a halfs out there, I, I take a shot with, uh, with the Raiders because yeah, it was pretty deflating to watch what happened to the Bills blowing a 28 to three lead and trailing in that game 32 28 in the final seconds until they uh, pulled it out against the Rams. So, uh, that might have some lingering effects with the Bills that they didn't, uh, they didn't hold the lead very well last Sunday. I take a shot with the Raiders as a home dog. Yeah, you talk about a tale of two halves. The Bills absolutely dominant in the first half and were absolutely dominated in the second, yes, the second half. So I guess we'll see which Buffalo Bills team we get on Sunday. I want to wrap with this uh, with you, Eric Cohen from TSN Edge. Make sure to check out all of his great work. Monday night, the Atlanta Falcons are 7.5-point dogs at Green Bay. And Atlanta, I feel, well, I'm almost certain, should have two wins this year. And you talk about collapses I don't think anything can compare with what we've seen from the Falcons this year. But Green Bay has been very impressive. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if it's the motivation from what Green Bay did in the draft. Of course, taking Jordan Love in the first round. Seven and a half points seems like a big number against an Atlanta team that should have both Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley in the lineup. Where do you stand on this one, Big E? Well, I could tell you if a football game was 52 minutes or 53 minutes, I would love Atlanta outright. The problem is they got to play that fourth quarter. And yep. that's where the problems have been for Atlanta. Uh, week uh, two against Dallas, blowing a 20-point lead. Last week against the Bears, blowing a 16-point lead. It's, it's almost 
unimaginable what they've done their last two games uh, with those two leads. That being said, I agree with you. I think I, I would take the seven and a half. Julio Jones did not play in the Bears game. Makes a big difference uh, because, you know, with Julio out there, you can't double team Ridley. Uh, all of a sudden, now you've got two big, big threats um, at wideout and. Uh, you know what? Listen, Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, they've, they've covered every week. They've put up 40 points a game. They've done incredible things. And it, it's hard to imagine how Rodgers is doing it with the receiving core he's throwing out there. No Devontae Adams against the Saints last week, and it didn't matter. At some point, water's going to find its level here, and uh, the Packers won't be scoring like this. Uh, you know, Rodgers is great, but I don't love his supporting cast. And I think the Falcons probably will be up in this game and then find a way to lose in the fourth quarter. But if they find a way to lose by seven or less, you're okay. The over-under on this game, 58 points. Another and Alan, Alan Lazard out for Green Bay. But Devontae Adams looks like he'll be back in. Of course, as you mentioned, he missed the last game with a hamstring. We'll get you out of there on that. Thank you very much for joining your debut, and I guarantee, Eric, you will make a return appearance here on The Edge. Thanks, man. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Eric. Much appreciated. Great job. Great time with All you. All right. <laughs> that is Eric Cohen, uh, one of the top contributors on TSN Edge. Another one of the big contributors on uh, the TSN's fantasy and gambling platform. Our network here at TSN is Don Padula. He is the co-founder and lead producer of TSN Edge. And he's going to join me next. So we're going to get into the NBA Finals. Tip off at 9 o'clock. We know about all the injuries associated with tonight's game. We know that Bam Adebayo, the star big man for Miami, will not play. Goran Dragic, the point guard for Miami, also out. What will they do to replace those two key cogs? And is there any value in betting on Miami? Because I can guarantee you one thing. There is no value in betting on the Lakers. Aaron Korolnik here. You're listening to The Edge on TSN 1050. I thought about rapping there, but I held myself back. Probably a good decision. You're listening to The Edge right here on TSN 1050. I am Aaron Korolnik, and this song is called Lose Yourself. And it's very possible that after tonight's game, the Miami Heat play the L.A. Lakers... Already down one nothing, And now without Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic, nine and a half point underdogs are the Miami Heat. Perhaps they will indeed have lost themselves. Very profound. And a very profound man joins me now. He's the co-founder and lead producer of TSN Edge. His name is Don Padula. What's up, man? What's going on, Aaron? How are you? We're doing great here. We're doing great. Pumped for the game. I mean, kind of. I was a lot more pumped prior to the series beginning because I thought Miami had a legitimate chance. But as you have documented on TSN Edge's social media accounts, the gambling community does not necessarily believe anymore, considering the injuries, that Miami's really in this. Am I correct? You are correct. Now, the books will adjust series prices after every game. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember seeing an adjustment quite like the one that they made after game one. Um, obviously, L.A. wins that game, but I think more importantly, the injuries. Um, I know you mentioned that earlier in the show with Drogic and, uh, and Bam and even Jimmy Butler uh, being banged up. So L.A. opens at minus 450 to win the series on Sunday night. That number's bet down to minus 360 before tip. Obviously, that means... A lot of money on Miami coming in in that 24 hours, uh, and then game one happens. And so 
You know, the Lakers win, Heater banged up. That number for the series went to Lakers minus 1,000 after game one. I circled back this afternoon. It's now L.A. minus 1250, uh, which translates to a 92.6 implied win probability. It's absolutely remarkable the way things have shaped up for the Lakers in the bubble. I don't, I don't know how to quantify the impact of the bubble, but when you look back um, from the start of the season to now, it's incredible the way things have shaped up for this Lakers team in the playoffs. You can hear tonight's game on TSN 1050 in about 90 minutes' time, Dom. And Jimmy Butler came out, and he didn't guarantee victory, but he did say, we are going to win. So, actually, I suppose he did guarantee a victory. Do you think there's any value in looking at Miami as a live dog down, considering all the injuries and maybe banding together, or am I just looking into too much of an optimistic viewpoint? Yeah, I mean... Uh, you're going to get pretty good odds for game two, three, and four if you think that they could steal one. Um, but in terms of value, how about we flip things the other way? Obviously, there's no value betting on the Lakers to win an individual game now. Um, but I think I saw that the Lakers to win the series in four is still plus money. So yep. um, if you're looking uh, at the Lakers closing this one out quickly, maybe that's an option. But uh, I'm staying away from Miami no matter what the price I get is. Um, in terms of a straight-up win in this series. How quickly things have changed in the NBA Finals. Just a matter of a couple of uh, bad breaks for the Heat, and this series appears to be over almost before it began. Dom, let's shift to the NFL, and I want to start with the Patriots in Kansas City as seven-point underdogs. I think we've all, we've all been very impressed with what we've seen from the Pats, Cam Newton, and the way that Bill Belichick has adapted considering all the adversarial situations all the all the changes in personnel throughout the offseason but facing the chiefs and patrick mahomes who just looked electric last week and dismantling the ravens what is your viewpoint on this game with kc as seven point favorites yeah so let's go back to last week because we all couldn't wait to see what would happen between the chiefs and ravens i mean that was an entertaining game but obviously a little bit of a letdown from the perspective of what expectations were for baltimore and for a few reasons I remember saying at this time last week that I couldn't wait to see what the Ravens had in store. Obviously, John Harbaugh in that run game. Um, but I thought in the game against the Chiefs, they really did get away from their identity way too early. Um, part of that, I think, is the fact that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are as good as they are. Um, Lamar Jackson alluded to that after the game, the idea that, you know, falling to 0-3 against the Chiefs, maybe they were able to get in their heads a little bit. I went back and watched that game again, and I took a closer look at the numbers. The splits were even worse than I thought. So uh, on first down runs, the Ravens averaged 5.1 yards per carry. On first down passes, they averaged just 2.7 yards per attempt. The disparity was even bigger on second down. On second down passes, Baltimore averaged 3.1 yards per attempt. On second down runs, they averaged 9.4 yards per carry on seven attempts, 9.4 yards. So Lamar Jackson goes off, averages over nine yards a run. Gus Edwards over nine yards a run. Mark Ingram, 4.3 yards on seven carries. But they go down earlier in the game, and they let their identity slip away from them. They start to try to pass the ball, try to play keep up with Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't work out for them. Fast forward to this week, 
I know that won't be a problem for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I know they're going to try to run the ball over and over and over against the Chiefs until they prove that they could stop them. The problem this week, from my perspective, is that the Patriots don't have the talent and depth that the Ravens have. And so you end up in a situation where you know um, that the Patriots are going to approach this game and play to their strengths. You know that you know, they're going to run the football early and often and not get away from it. It's just that the Chiefs are so much better of a team. They're at home, and then you see it, they're a seven-point favorite. That makes a lot of sense. But one thing that I want to point out for this game that I think is interesting, it's just the idea of how the Patriots are going to try to match up against the Chiefs. So in terms of a game plan perspective, the way New England plays the Kansas City offense, And then on the flip side, how they attack the Chiefs' defense. I don't know that the Patriots this season have the talent to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but I wonder if teams around the league are going to watch this game and they're going to watch what Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels try to do, and maybe they look at it as a blueprint for how to approach the Chiefs later on in the season, and that includes the Ravens. Maybe the Ravens watch this game and they see the way Belichick plays against the Chiefs, and that's something that they take into consideration if they were to meet again later in the year come playoff time. He is Don Padula. He's the co-founder and lead producer of TSN Edge. Dom, I know you wanted to get into Super Bowl odds, and I think weekly that's something that each informed gambler should get a perspective on because you can really tell where the betting market is viewing certain teams and how far they can go. What do you think about the Chiefs at this current point, considering they've been good, but I mean... They did almost blow that game to the Chargers in Week 2, and in spite of looking incredible in Week 3, perhaps there's some value there? Well, we talked about the line movement in the Lakers' heat series after that ridiculous Game 1, and while we didn't see the same adjustment made for the Kansas City Chiefs' Super Bowl odds, I mean, that number went from 6-1 uh, to one to 4-1 to one after they beat up on the Ravens. I saw that number as low as plus 350 at some places today. Um, The problem isn't so much that the Chiefs are a really great team, and they are by far the best team in the NFL. It's just that who else is going to really contend with them? What teams around the league are we going to expect to be able to compete with them come playoff uh, playoff time? I still believe the Ravens are the best team to challenge them. They have the talent and the depth on both sides of the ball, regardless of how bad they played last week. But when you look around the league, Russell Wilson's been outstanding. The Seattle defense has been awful. They're giving up a ton of points every week. The 49ers um, were a better team last season than this season, and they lost to Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Now they've been devastated by injuries. Um, you look at other teams, the, the Saints are off to a slow start, so their numbers come down. The Packers, they beat the Chiefs last year, but that was with Matt Moore at quarterback for Kansas City. So when I look around the league, I don't see a team right now that has what it takes to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a playoff game. It'll be interesting to look back four months from now and compare um, where we are then to where we are now. I just think that the Chiefs are hands down the best team in football. It really isn't close, provided that they stay healthy. So we saw Kansas City move 
BetUS short as plus 350 to win the Super Bowl right now. I don't know how much shorter that price can get, but I don't think that we're going to see Kansas City um, at plus 400 or higher the rest of the season. So in terms of value, if you're looking um, to place a bet on the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, you probably won't get better odds than you do right now, um, provided that they stay healthy. Dom, for those in survivor pools, of course, week four, which is not that big of an accomplishment, but week one was a difficult one. A lot of teams got eliminated. This week seems pretty routine. There's two huge favorites in the Ravens and the L.A. Rams. Which team is your go-to pick for week four, Dom? Uh, I think I'm going to lean towards the Ravens in this spot. I think the Ravens and Rams are undoubtedly going to be the obvious picks, obviously the two biggest favorites on the board. I saw a trend. I'm not a big trend guy, but I saw a number earlier in the day that was pretty remarkable. The Ravens have been double-digit favorites 36 times all time. They've, they've never lost. So obviously in a favorable position uh, going up against the Washington football team, looking to bounce back from last week's loss and kind of make a statement, that's a favorable spot. Um, but I might actually save the Ravens for later in the year. Um, the Rams, they're also in a great spot, home to the Giants. Um, Giants were bad before they lost their best running back, before they lost their best receiver. Uh, L.A. has been absolutely rolling. They, they put up 32 points against the Bills last week. Obviously, their second-half comeback ended up falling short. But now they go back home, and they face a giant side that's averaged just over 12 points per game. I can't see the Rams losing that game. Um, so I'll probably lean towards the Rams playing in that tougher NFC West and save the Ravens for later in the season if, if it works out for me. But uh, I don't think that either of the double-digit favorites are going to have a very difficult time this week. Um, so I'm guessing a lot of people are going to be on them. He is Don Padula. He's the co-founder and lead producer of TSN Edge. Go to tsn.ca slash edge for all of the content you need for your fantasy and gambling. Tom, thank you very much for doing this, my man. We will talk soon. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much, Aaron. Have a great night. All right, that is Don Padula, the co-founder and lead producer of TSN Edge. That time is nearing. Al's brother. Do you have the Call Me Al song? Okay, we won't play that. That's an overdrive staple. Al's brother, the grappler. Pound the table. Picks of the week. Coming up next here on The Edge. You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik. Giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy. Hammering home conviction. Stop the hammering. It's the Pound the Table Picks of the Week. Where's the hammer? On the Edge with Aaron Karolnik. Welcome back to the Edge here on TSN 1050. And yes, last week was the debut of Pound the Table Picks of the Week. And I got off the phone with those of the CRTC. And they said it was the highest rated segment in the history of of radio in Canada does not surprise me at all considering the talent I have amassed this evening talent number one you know him from overdrive you can call him Al I call him Al's brother good evening Al's brother what's up feeling good feeling good ready to pick some <laughs> picks I guess nice yes you some, are I got great conviction in the my choices this week uh, last week 500 so it wasn't the best week but I feel like this this one's gonna be a little different yeah, I want to take uh, some umbrage with you on your 500 because I was at the losing side of your one win. Let's also welcome in the grappler, Keith Bauer. What's going on, Graps? 
Doing good, man. Just uh, yeah, sitting here for a segment on the edge. Uh, big round of golf tomorrow morning, and Ooh. yeah, we'll see where the weekend goes. All right, I gotta ask, where are you playing, Grappler? Honestly, I'm not even telling you. It's like I've never played there before, but I was reading the reviews this week, and it is disgusting. So I will not. <laughs> when I put po- when I post my you know every every round of golf, I'll post an Instagram story. I will not be tagging the course. This time <laughs> All right. Well, it's you'll be happening. swinging hard. You'll be swinging hard nonetheless. Let's get a recap <laughs> you know, of last violence. week. Yeah, very violent. A recap of last week. Grappler, you were 2-0. and You took the Bengals. They tied the Eagles. Congratulations. They covered the number. The Packers, who also covered. Al's brother, you mentioned going 500. Questionable one-in-one week. Sketchy Bills cover. I know you slipped a couple 50s into the officials' hands to call that defensive pass interference. The Titans didn't come through for you. I went one-and-one as well. I was on the losing end of the Rams. But uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers got it done against the Denver Broncos. So Al's brother, pound to the table, picks of the week. Week two, I guess week four, week two for us. Take it away. All right, I am pounding the table on the Colts as the road favorites against the Bears. Look, this is a 3-0 and team, uh, but they've only played teams who are 0-3. That's the Bears I'm talking about. And they nearly lost each and every one of them. Uh, a last-minute score in Detroit. They were 10 yards away from losing to the Saquonless Giants. And if the Falcons weren't so incompetent, that game should have been over at the half. The Colts haven't played good teams either, but they're coming off convincing wins over Minnesota and New York. Phil Rivers is just starting to get a grasp of this offense. The run game is strong, and they boast the league's number one defense. And if Nick Foles gives you hope for the Bears, don't fall for it. Outside of an Andy Reid offense, and I consider Doug Peterson an Andy Reid offense, he's 4-11 in his career with 13 touchdowns, matching his 13 picks. Give me the Colts, minus 2.5. The second team I'm banging the table for is the winless Houston Texans. Yes, I'm taking the Houston Texans. They've had a tough schedule to start the season, and I finally see them breaking through as the favorites here against the Vikings. Besides, Houston being the better team, the Vikings, they weren't able to practice much this week as they awaited the COVID results due to their game against Tennessee last week. I think that might hinder them going into this one, so I'm going to go with the Texans, minus 3.5. What a world in which we need to factor in waiting for COVID results in our gambling prognostications. But it makes a lot of sense to me. I was brother I like the picks, although I know you're a Colts fan. So that you're picking your boys. Is there any bias? I know you're a professional, but I'm not so sure. Picking against Nick Foles, I don't know. I don't know. It's a risky proposition, but you're a risky man, and uh, I really, I, I, that's why I like you, buddy. Uh, the Grappler, take it away with your two picks, my man. Okay, so for game one, I am going to pound the table with the Seahawks at six and a half over the Dolphins. Uh, listen, I know we've only got, what, seven, eight minutes here, so I'm going to say two words, and then I'm going to shut up. Russell Wilson. Oh, that is that is impressive stuff. Really well-researched, I mean, that, that, I'm very that, impressed. That, that, that is some high-quality analysis, the, the kind I expect from the edge. But, uh, I mean, listen, <laughs> it's... I mean, three three weeks in, um, he's without a doubt your MVP through those three weeks. I mean, Pete Carroll's finally going to let Russ, uh, Russ Cook, excuse me. Um, I mean, if he's able to stay on the field for 17 weeks this season, I mean, there's no reason he won't be the 2020 MVP. But, I mean, you look at that offense, you look at one of the best receiving duos in football between Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Chris Carson looks like he's going to see the field. I don't know how after that ankle or whatever yeah. the heck you want to call it just got completely twisted up on. Looks like he'll be on the field. I mean, the Seahawks defense, they're not that great anymore. Far from the days of, you know, long gone of the days of uh, Richard Sherman and the Legion of Boom. But at the end of the day, this is Ryan Fitzpatrick and it's the Dolphins. The Finns have been a competitive team this year. Don't get me wrong. 
But we've seen this from Fitzpatrick before. I mean, I think it was 2017 when he was a member of the, the Bucks. He had those first three weeks. I think he threw for 400 yards each of those three weeks. And then he was replaced by Jameis Winston as of at halftime of, uh, I believe, week four against the Bears. So, yeah, I mean, as long as DK Metcalf can actually hold on to the ball as he crosses the plane this week, this is probably the lock of the week for me. So that is game one. Game two, and I guess there's a you know bit, bit of a narrative here in terms of Al's brother picking his Colts while I am picking against my Giants with the Rams mm-hmm. being favored at 12 and a half. And that is a big number, obviously. And I'm also, I, like, this, listen, this goes for fantasy sports as well as betting. I hate betting for or against my team. I had Saquon Barkley in two of my fantasy leagues this year, so clearly I don't listen to my own advice. But with how brutal the Giants have been this year, I don't know how I can pass this up. And listen, people can rip into Sam Darnold and the Jets as much as they want, but I'm pretty sure the worst team in East Rutherford is the Giants. They have 38 points through three weeks. 38! Dead last in the NFL. (laughs) The next closest is the the Chargers at 52. The Giants had nine points last week. Nine points against the 49ers team. That was pretty much made up of myself, Al's brother, and UAK. Nice. Defense is awful. Good squad. No running game. It's top-notch squad, let's be honest here. No running game without Saquon. Sterling Shepard injured. Evan Engram can't catch a beach ball right now. As I said, probably the worst team in the NFL, bottom two at, at best. Um, and you counter that with high-flying offense, high-talent offense with uh, you know Jared Goff at the helm, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald anchoring the defense. I mean, that, that 12 and a half, I almost feel like it should be higher because I think the Rams are going to win this game by 30 points. Wow. The two highest uh, spreads this week, the Giants and uh, the Washington football team. Of those two, which one do you think is most likely to cover it? The Giants at 12 and a half, Washington against the Ravens at 14 and a half. Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm picking the Rams to cover, so I think i got to go with the Washington football team. Um, I have no reason to defend that, but I guess if somehow the Washington football team is able to learn anything about what the Chiefs did on defense uh, this past Monday night, then they might be able to cover 14 and a half. It would be a greasy backdoor cover if they're able to, but uh, yeah, I think it's got to be them. I, I actually was pretty impressed with Washington last week. They hung with Cleveland, and they're going to be mentioned in my pound the table picks of the week in just a moment. But yeah, I think I would probably lean with the Rams to cover over Washington, or over Baltimore, I should say, because the short week, of course, Baltimore playing on Monday night, although it's very. Very short ride from Baltimore to Washington to play that game, so not much of a home field advantage there. Gentlemen, it's time for my pound-the-table picks of the week, and we're going to start with the Jacksonville Jaguars as three-point dogs. And Al's brother, I know Minshew Mania failed you on overdrive last week. You took a lot of heat for that, but the stash is about to, about to bounce back in a huge way against the Bengals. They've had 10 days to prepare for this game. And remember, the Bengals played five full quarters against the Eagles in the tie last week. So there's a little bit of a disadvantage there as far as rest goes. DJ Chark is back. He's their number one wide receiver. And the Jags, while their defense didn't acquit themselves particularly well through the air against Fitzpatrick, their defense is a little bit sneaky against the run. They have the ninth best run defense in the NFL. I don't think Joe Mixon is going to do all that much against Jacksonville. And you have to put it in the hands of Joe Burrow. He is Joey Covers, 3-0 against the spread. But I think this is the week Jacksonville covers and wins outright. And next, you heard me mention the Cleveland Browns. I'm hesitant to use the word fraud. 
to describe any NFL team, gentlemen, but I'm using it here to describe the Browns. They easily could have lost last week to Washington. They were down 20-17 to in the fourth quarter. They won the turnover battle 5 nothing and snuck out a very questionable win at home, and now they head to Dallas. And Dallas... They have been everyone's favorite whipping boy this year. They're 0-3 against the spread. They're 1-2. They're one win. Questionable to say the least, but they're getting a number of key contributors back from injury. And look who Dallas has played. They played the Rams, the Falcons, the Seahawks. Very prolific offenses. I think Dallas bounces back in a huge way. A decisive touchdown plus win. And all will be right in Jerry World come Monday morning. That's like a novel right there. It's very well written and I lo- very well articulated. I love that Jaguars pick. Love the Jaguars pick. And only and you mentioned DJ DJ Shark. My new favorite guest on Overdrive is Channing Crowder and yeah. after the Thursday night <laughs> after the Thursday night or what for a lot of reasons my favorite guest. But for a lot of different reasons obviously the Dolphins ended up beating the Jaguars on Thursday night last week and he mentioned the reasons he bet against the Jaguars because they didn't have that number one receiver so for him to, him to come back that's huge for Minshew uh, James Robinson looks phenomenal wherever the hell he came from uh, undrafted so those, yeah so those Jaguars are looking damn good this week I, I'm really interested to see all of the home underdogs this week and how they perform uh, Al's brother mentioned how he has the Colts as a uh, road dog I guess in, in Chicago two and a half points there you look at the New Orleans Saints Michael Thomas was ruled out today and that spread has moved from four to three and they are the, on the road against Detroit and you look at Cincinnati, who's a slight favorite at home against Jacksonville. Houston, a slight favorite at home against Minnesota. So if you're looking at some money line wagers, perhaps those are the places where you could lead. If you bet maybe three or four of those close dogs who are within a field goal or so, maybe there's some value there. What do you think, Al's brother? I like Detroit, to be quite honest with you. I think they could come out and get a sneaky win. Drew Brees hasn't looked the same without Michael Thomas in that offense, and Kenny Galladay is getting healthy for Matt Stafford. So I think if there's going to be some fireworks and one of these teams come and get a victory, I think it could potentially beat the Detroit Lions. We'll let you have the last word, Graps. Anything, pick anything, uh, you know, pick your eye as far as uh, a nice money line underdog. Um, honestly, not really. There, I mean, there's a ton of tough games out there, but I do think that I don't. I I got a good feeling against the against about the Patriots over the Chiefs. That's just Ooh. how I feel. I am believing in Cam Newton. I am drinking that Kool Aid. And other than the Thursday night, Patrick Mahomes hasn't looked that great this week. And listen, he's still Patrick Mahomes. He can turn it around whenever the heck he wants. But I do think the Patriots will be able to keep it to less than a score. You've been listening to the Pound the Table Picks of the Week. I am Aaron Korolnik. It's Al's brother. It's the grappler, Keith Bauer. We've been with you for the past hour, and we appreciate you listening. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. You've been listening to The Edge right here on TSN 1050.